Another Preds loss and another game defined by missed opportunities. We'll talk about how the Predators lost to the Kraken and whether a rough no call played any role in this loss. We'll talk about it today on Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I want to start out with a special hello to our loyal Lockdown Predheads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys. We appreciate the support you give us week in and week out. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime who, like me, is probably leading the charge to just ban West Coast road trips oh, at this gosh. point. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at the Hockey News, and y'all, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking. We we're just talking about this, where it's like, oh boy, like there's plenty more of these too. Yeah, I can't wait for Calgary Whoa. next week. At least that's mountain time. That's like that's true. an hour better, right? That's true. And Saturday's game against Edmonton's at 2 p.m., which we'll see what that does to the Nashville Predators. But in theory, it's better for us when it comes to sleep. So yes. there's that. I will take an afternoon uh, hockey showdown anytime. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Nashville Predators, Seattle Kraken, uh, the rematch. Predators, of course, beat the Kraken, shut out the Kraken in their first home game at Bridgestone Arena this year. Uh, this time, a little bit of a different story. Seattle wins uh, 4-2, to two, went back and forth early. Uh, Tommy Novak scored first. Seattle scored twice to end the period. Roman Yossi tied it up on a power play goal in the second period. Right after that, though, not even 25 seconds later, the Kraken went ahead, and that would be it for the rest of the game. Vince Dunn added one more uh, to start the third period, and Seattle hang on to win 4-2. to two. And what's your one word to describe this game? You know that I love the show The West Wing. It is my all-time favorite TV show. And I'm sure that I've used this one word before, but sometimes it's just where where I'm at. And my one word is a quote from President Josiah Bartlett when he says, what's next? And it comes from my two favorite episodes in The Shadow of Two Gunmen, part one, part two. But you learn that uh, President Bartlett says, what's next? And he says that when he is done with one thing and ready to move on to the next thing. And we're not going to do that. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Seattle Kraken game. But in some ways, that's a little bit where I'm at with a couple of these recent games with the Nashville Predators, because there are so many things to like. There are some things that the Nashville Predators did very, very well, but they don't get the win. And, and so it's like you, you can pull apart and you can wrestle with it and you can analyze the statistics and you can watch the, the recap and you can look back and rewatch this play and that play. But it all comes down to there were so many good things, but they don't get the win. And you can stay in a cycle of frustration with that. And I've gotten to the point where 
at 1 a.m. this morning, I was like, okay, I'm at what's next. Like, I have to let this game go and move on to the next game because I think you can almost make yourself a little bit crazy with what's happening with the Nashville Predators right now. And and, I, and I'm trying really hard not to do that because, you know, it's exhausting. Well, I wish some people online would take your uh, advice on that one. Yeah, we got some. I was surprised by the one words that that we got uh, we, uh, put out now, I know y'all, it was a late game. So God bless anybody who stayed up to contribute. To one everyone was cranky. Everyone was tired and everyone was cranky. Um, but we got some one words, Jesse Kellolampi, Jesse, I hope I said that one, right. I might not have, uh, your one word was bad. Interesting. Huh. No, the, the physical word that you used was the word bad. It's not it like bad. you gave us a one word that we're like, wow, that's trash. No, there's no the judgment. I'm just reading. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, I'm just reading. Um, Rockets 160 said garbage. Holden at hbread42 said why. So this is interesting to me. Uh, Sydney Datsenberg said frustrating. I'm... That one I don't disagree with because I do feel like there is a frustration with this, but I think that I think there's more to why we feel frustrated than just the 4-2 loss to the Kraken. But I'm kind of surprised by bad and garbage. Yeah. Do, do I, you I really feel like th this was a bad game or a garbage game? I don't think they played bad at all. Okay. I think, again, there are some missed opportunities. And mm -hmm. I'm going to channel in uh, to my Detroit Lions watching experience. And my one word is Detroit Lions. <laughs> uh, there was a span of last year from like end of 2021 to like the middle of 2022. Everybody talks about like this big run, the Lions, the one where they've won like something like 14 out of their last 17 games dating back to last year. Probably should have started much earlier than that. Mm -hmm. uh, the Lions started playing really, really good. Uh, and then there was a game in which Justin Tucker scored a NFL record 66, 67-yard field goal that just Dang. booped off the bottom of the post and just, like, went right in. Uh, there was another Minnesota game uh, in which the Lions basically had the game won with 20 seconds left and then – uh, Kirk Cousins threw just like two really long passes uh, and set up a game-winning field goal. The same thing like happened in Buffalo a few weeks later. The Lions basically got the win, and then a Hail Mary put the Bills in field goal range. And it was just like these little things where it's like, yay, we like we're doing good. Like we're beating up on all these tough teams. And then it comes time to like close it, and we just we drop the sale. Like yeah. we just, we just can't close the deal. Like one crazy thing happens and that just kind of feels like what the Nashville Predators have been doing in these past few games. Uh, it, it hasn't been like a dramatic last second. Oh my God. They like had this one and then they did something stupid and screwed up in the last like 20 seconds, but it's like little opportunities where it's like they have a good run of play. They're just like absolutely on it. And then uh, here's, oh, here comes like a five on three. Uh, here comes like a late power play at, at the end of the second. Like this is this is the chance to really kind of close the deal and cap off this hot play with some like positive goals and stuff like that. And they just can never do that. And, and they haven't been able to do that the past couple of games. 
Uh, and, and that's, you know, kind of goes back to the finishing yes. that we're talking about. Uh, you know, we talk about it as they need to finish their chances and score goals, but they also need to finish their hot run of play with something positive. Uh, yeah. And that, to me, has been the biggest problem with the Preds this year. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Nashville Predators have done so many things well. I think in the Seattle Kraken game last night, they did so many things well. If you look at things like high danger chances, if you look at um, momentum shifts, if you look at puck possession, if you look at you know uh, shots on goal, if you look at what they created on their power play opportunities, you know they got two for five on the power play. That's not nothing. But even on the three they didn't score, they were creating opportunities it's that it's that finishing you know it's it's like the guy who runs the marathon and and he comes into the stadium and he collapses and he just you know watches somebody go past him and it's you know it's so frustrating and i think it's frustrating because it feels like what we saw from the nashville predators last season yeah. and a little bit the season before it feels the same way like we should have won this but we didn't but it's not the same scenario and the predators aren't in the same place. So I think it, it's, it's our feelings are trick tricking us into thinking things are worse than they are. I use the word Peter Laviolette when we we're talking about this. Before. Yeah. Yeah. But, but doesn't it seem like exactly like it where they're like out shooting teams, like 40 to 20, but it's like one, they're like dominating games. And then all of a sudden, like, Oh, they accidentally gave up a two on O breakaway and they scored yes. and now we're losing. Like, doesn't yes. it feel like that where it's just could never quite get the handle on it? Yeah, it does. It, it feels like that. I don't know that it is a hundred percent that in the sense that I think you still have a team that is getting comfortable with each other and that is unlearning and trying to get what Andrew Brunette wants to do into their DNA. So I think there's still trans. I mean, we're 10 games in with a new head coach and a new roster and a new system. Y'all we're 10 yeah. games in, but it feels the same way. And that feeling is unpleasant. It yeah, is unpleasant. I want to I talk more about this in, in a minute, because I think you hit on something uh, where it's just, you know, we we're kind of a month into this NHL season. Now, how do we think the Preds are mm -hmm. moving forward? Because like you said, there's a lot of positives we've seen. It's just it feels like there's something that they need to do, like one more piece uh, to really get them to where they want to be. So we'll talk about what that one more piece is, plus uh, a no call in this game last night. The Preds didn't like it. Uh, do you and I like it? That's coming up in one moment. Want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Parkview Advance. As a business owner, you realize there are times when receivables might fall behind, but that doesn't mean you need to fall behind on vendor payments, payroll, or rent. For more than 25 years, Parkview Advance has helped businesses secure working capital from $5,000 to $1.5 million. Parkview Advance can improve your working capital in as little as 24 hours. And it's a much easier process than you might imagine. We invite the many entrepreneurs that are locked on NHL fans to call Parkview Advance at 203-675-0071 or go to parkviewadvance.com. If your business needs working capital, call Parkview Advance today. Parkview Advance, helping businesses with their working capital. Go to parkviewadvance.com to learn more. 
Today's episode is also brought to you by our great friends at Indeed. When you are drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, Assessment, and Virtual Interviews. If you hate waiting, Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed's employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job descriptions the moment they sponsor a job. Indeed does all the hard work for you. Sponsor a job and boom, Instant Match shows you candidates whose resumes on Indeed Fit your job description immediately after you post. With Instant Match, you can start hiring fast. And according to Indeed's U.S. data, candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search. So join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're doing everything for your company, you can't afford to overspend on hiring. Visit Indeed.com com slash locked on to start hiring now just go to indeed.com slash locked on again indeed.com slash locked on if you need to hire you need indeed all right and you hit on something before the break that i want to talk about and that is just kind of where the nashville predators are right now because you see a, a lot of things really going in their favor right now, uh, according to naturalstattrick.com, seventh in the NHL uh, and expected goals per game. Yeah. Uh, they are 10th in terms of Corsi four percentage per game, uh, which is measures like puck possession. So they're getting, you know, a, a lot of these little stats and metrics that people use to kind of say, okay, who's really like a good team and, and who's really a bad team. The predators are, excelling in a lot of those areas um but but it's just like what what needs to happen like what do how do the predators translate that to tangible goals tangible yeah. wins because it feels like that's been the problem uh mm -hmm. for a little bit like you know look last night you know the predators outshot the kraken 34 to 31 uh i mean how many times have we talked about last year the predators out oh, shooting anybody yep uh, how many times did we talk about the Predators getting more than 30 shots on goal uh, in a lot of games? Yeah. Uh, and they've and they've done that consistently. They've outshot a lot of teams they've played consistently. It, it's just what's, in your mind, like what's kind of that missing piece? Like what do the mm -hmm. Predators need to do to translate all these good things they're doing into actual tangible results in the standings page? Two words. Two words for me sum up the difference between the Nashville Predators' performance and the Nashville Predators' record, and those words are Philip Forsberg. And I don't want to put it all on him as any sort of criticism, because here's what's real about Philip Forsberg's season so far. He is killing it in so many areas. He has 41 shots on goal, the most of any Nashville Predator. Um, his uh, expected goals for 4.27 he leads the team when it comes to high danger chances. He is doing everything right except scoring. His shooting percentage, 2.44. So when you add in, when you look at what the National Predators are doing, and I'm not just talking statistically. I'm talking, let's just take eye test. 
I test the game against Seattle, and it was a very competitive game. Seattle is a very good team. They're a very fast team. But you can eye test that game and say, you know what? The Nashville Predators are in that game. They are in that game. What is the difference? The difference is Philip Forsberg finishes. Yeah. And the thing that it's hard, I don't even want to say it as a criticism. And I think this is true, not just of Forsberg, but of the Predators as a whole. It's hard to be come off as critical of them because they're doing things right. Philip Forsberg is doing things right. He's just not finishing, you know, points leader. Incredible. He is, he is contributing, but the predators need him to score on some of these high danger chances. And I think if you get Philip Forsberg going, when you have people like Colton Sissons going and Tommy Novak going and Cole Smith going, you know, you've got some other pieces offensively. Roman Yossi is starting to warm up. Then I think some of these games turn into wins and that's what the predators need. That's the, that's the gap, not performance. It's wins. That's yeah. the gap. And I think Forsberg fills that gap. Yeah. Philip Forsberg, nine points in, in 10 games this season. Right. You're like, all right, heck yeah. One goal. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is a guy who you kind of signed a few years ago to be like the sniper of the team, 42 goals. Right. Uh, two years ago. And, and especially you don't have Matt Duchesne anymore. You don't right. have Ryan or Ryan Johansson. Those were like your two other big goal scores. Yeah, the two guys that would step in and, and you know finish plays, and the Predators don't have that. Ryan O'Reilly, you know, we talked about that. Like he's a good player, but you know, we we mentioned like scoring goals has never been his thing. I think he's got like a high of twenty nine mm -hmm. uh, or something like that, or you know, career high. You have younger players like Tommy Novak who scored again uh, that yep. are doing it, but yeah, like again, like when we made all those off season moves this past summer. We said this was only going to work if the players the Predators had now could yeah. step up and fill that scoring gap. Right. And, and Philip Forsberg has gotten a lot of assists. He's contributed on a lot of the goals, but we need him to be that scorer he was a couple of years ago. We need him to be that finisher he was a couple of years ago. Otherwise, the Predators are just kind of going to be spinning their wheels for the next little bit. They need somebody right. to step up and finish. And I do, I agree with you. I think Forsberg's that guy. And he's so close to doing that. He's and it. That is what I think is a little bit frustrating is he is so close to doing that. He is doing everything right. And you know, I hate the term snake bit. I hate that, but there is an element of, you know, is he feeling pressure for like, gosh, I am doing everything right and yet I'm not finding the back of the net, you know, and, and you have to hope that he's not gripping the stick a little bit too tight because once Forsberg gets going, these close games, these frustrating games are going to turn into two points for the Nashville Predators. I really believe that. Um, and, and I agree with you, you know, Barry Trotz banked almost everything offensively on Philip Forsberg. I mean, he got rid of Matt Duchesne. He bought him out. He traded yeah. Joe Hansen because he said, I know what we have in Philip Forsberg. I still believe Barry Trotz is right. We just got to get him to finish. And I'm not sure how much you can't even say it's like he needs to execute better. He's executing almost flawlessly except for finishing, like he's doing all the things right. And I think that is a little bit frustrating and, and probably as much 
or more so for him than anyone else. So, but I think Forsberg, he is the difference between this team losing a game like last night's game against Seattle and winning a game like last night's game against Seattle. Yeah. Uh, there was another thing that happened in the game last night. Come on now. Not sure if it really played a role in uh, the, the loss or not, but uh, it, it was enough to get Andrew Burnett fired up and a lot of the Preds fired up. We're talking, of course, about the no call on stick gate. Uh, yes, what you can <laughs> That's call right. it. Uh, big deal or not? We'll talk about that in just one second. First, want to let you know this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, you know what's good for you, but you just can't quite get there. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself and not against yourself. Look, there is still this lingering belief among some people that therapy is only for people who have experienced major trauma, but that is just not true. Therapy can be so beneficial for everyone when it comes to things like learning positive coping skills, setting healthy boundaries, and empowering you to be the best version of yourself. Look, we all have areas of our lives we know could be better if we learn how to navigate perhaps a relationship or a circumstance in a new way. If you are thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online and it is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you find that you are looking for a different fit, you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNHL today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash locked on NHL for 10% off your first month. All right. And there's a moment in last night's game uh, mm -hmm. we need to talk about. Um, boy. Okay. So here's what happened. <laughs> so this was uh third period, third period. I believe, uh, uh, Philip Grubauer made a, a wild save, lost his stick in the process. Sure did. Uh, a fellow Kraken teammate mm -hmm. brought the stick back to him. And I, I phrase it like that uh, yeah. because, boy, it sure looked like he was sort of dragging his skate on the ice and just kind of skating it with his little, little yeah. feet back to Grubauer. Uh, the reason that is causing some drama for Preds fans is because uh, according to the NHL rulebook, you're not allowed to kick a stick. Come on now. You're not allowed to kick it out of the way. Uh, you're not allowed to just kick it to back to the goalie. If, if the goalie loses a stick um, and yeah, so, so you're not allowed to do that technically. Uh, technically. Like, I, I guess you can, knock a stick back you just can't kick it it sure looked like it was kicked uh andrew burnett red face and all certainly agreed with us uh, because he <laughs> let the refs have it after that a lot of the preds bench uh certainly Ooh. let it have it for a lengthy discussion with the officials for some reason they didn't see um what we saw or or we we never it didn't seem like we got a clear explanation of why there was no call on that but 
that it would have been a power play opportunity for the Preds in the third period. And as you mentioned, and two for five on the power play last night. Yeah. I think at that point that would have tied the game. Yeah. So yeah. Like what's, what's your thoughts on this? On stick gate. Okay. So spend some time again, going back through the rule book, like, okay, come on y'all. How did you miss it? Because it was like, it traveled, like there was a long distance. Now the rule book says you can't kick a stick. The only thing I can think is that the officials were like, well, he skated it back with his foot. Now, let's look. A kick, I get like one motion kicking it from the boards back to the goaltender. I get that that's a kick. But it is also a kick, my friends. If you use your skate and you move it several inches with each movement back to Grubauer. And I will say the Nashville Predators lost their Jesus on the bench. Lost their, I mean, you could hear them losing their ever loving minds over this. And it is baffling to me because it is, it's an, uh, it's an unsportsmanlike, I think is what it's technically called to return the stick. And yet we, we stood there and we watched the stick just get kicked and skated back to Grubauer. And I'm like, you know, and and again, you go like you've got to win games when calls go for you or against you. But that one was very, very frustrating, my friends. That one was very frustrating because I thought I'm not sure how thin the hair is that you're going to try to split to tell me why you didn't call this. Because like when you move something with your foot, it's a kick, right? I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the the argument were, you know, for for at least from the Preds perspective or the Kraken perspective was, oh, it got like stuck in his skate and he was skating back to the crease and it just so happened to bounce back exactly where it needed to bounce. And yay, everything worked out and it was a total coincidence. Um, Yeah, I mean it looked like that to us, like that's not the case. Like it certainly looked intentional. Um, yeah. but hey, like just ask Michigan football, take any advantage you can get, right? <laughs> I do want to bring up one other thing that happened, and this happened early in the game, and it's gonna be hard for me to talk about without doing the <laughs> because I have a thing about teeth. Oh boy, I have a thing about teeth. Um, Gus Nyquist took a stick to the mouth, it looked like he was picking his teeth up off the ice. The Predators got a four minute, it was a four minute penalty. A lot happened in that four minutes that changed the scenario. But I want to revisit Luke Evangelista's comments in the first intermission when asked how Gus Nyquist was. This is what Luke Evangelista had to say. This is how he summarized the the situation. Just 10 zips and all good in the jib department. This is that is that is that is what Luke Evangelista had to say. Now, friends, I read that and I thought, I don't know if I'm at a hockey game or a regatta. What in the world does does any of that mean? You were fascinated by this last night. I was I was like, I don't know what a jib is. I don't know what a zip is in this context. And I'm, I know nothing more about the state of Gus Nyquist's dental situation than I did before Luke Evangelista tried to clear it up for me. What is going on with this young generation? (laughs) Yeah. So I've heard like cut of the jib, but I thought that was like a sailing reference, right? Right. 
Like, right. yeah, like, isn't like, so it's jib like a mouth? In so, okay, so somebody jumped in on Twitter, and I wish I could remember who, because kudos for helping a middle-aged woman sort through my absolute confusion, but said, expert, yes, jib means teeth. And I'm like, in what language? Yeah. In what language is jib teeth? I don't know. I was so confused by that. Now, here's what I will say. You know that I love some of the vangisms that that have come out since Luke came up. You know, I'm a huge fan of of calling the power play the peeper. He did it one time in a post game and I thought this has to stick. It's not stuck yet, but friends, I will not let it die. I do call the power play the peeper, but I don't know what to do with the jib and the zips. I don't know what any of that means, friends. I don't know how I don't know how Gus Nyquist is this morning. I don't know. Uh, we will we'll follow up on his jib here uh, <laughs> in just a little bit. Yes, for yes. sure. Um, yeah, so the Predators this weekend uh, have a game against the Edmonton Oilers, a Saturday afternoon game, uh, and then they continue with their road trip next week. Uh, next Monday, we'll break down uh, how the Predators are doing with a friendly round of plus minus plus more headlines uh, from this weekend. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter X at ANK underscore mama on ice. You can find me at penaltyboxradio.com. Follow me on X at underscore NS Morgan. Also be sure to follow our podcast uh, pretty much anywhere on social media. Stay up to date and get a bunch of new content in the process. Yeah, that's going to do it for us this weekend. Uh, this is the Lockdown Predators podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. And we will be back Monday with a new episode. We'll see you then.